past 20, right? It's been a beautiful journey in 2020 and um, um, getting your testimonies and your feedback, it, it just shows that it's been worth it having this um, platform and um, organizing all of the trainings that we've had. And because of um, why we exist, you know, helping um, um, men accept the call to leadership, you know, leadership in families, leadership in societies, communities, you know, institutions, organizations, and in the world at large. And um, with all of the testimonies and the feedbacks we've been got, we've been getting, it's been it's been um, it's been um, fulfilling. It's been satisfying. It's been rewarding. You know, um, knowing that things are changing, and then um, you guys are making that impact in your different spheres of contact. Um, today's a very special class for us. Special, very first to me because um, when I heard Femi Jacobs talk for the first time, you know, when you think of the entertainment industry, especially when you're looking at um, 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 the, the, the likes of the Nollywood and the Hollywoods and all the woods, you know, um, it's, it's sometimes difficult to separate the person from the, the, the scenarios and all the drama pieces because it seems that their lives are actually full of drama, you know, and then also, um, when you talk about being a Christian in that kind of environment, it, 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 it seems like too much to ask. And then so um, being in that environment and being able to um, win against all the odds and still keep your Christianity cap, you know, um, um, we would always say that we're first Christians before we're businessmen, we're first Christians before we're husbands, we're first Christians before we're anything else. When I heard Femi Jacobs talk and how, I remember him sharing how that, um, you know, his first few roles, um, I think one of his first roles that he, he had when he started acting, he was supposed to be a, a, a wife beater, a woman beater. And he said that he observed that it was as though that role was going to be thrown at him again and again. And he said, no, this is not who I am. And these are not the kind of roles I want, you know, and then he shared a lot about his journey. Listening to him alone, you know, when you, when you hear a Christian, when I, when I mean Christian, I mean Christian in every sense of the word. When you hear a Christian talk, you know a Christian that has substance. You know a Christian who knows who he is, who knows whose he is, knows the God he's dealing with, the God that lives inside of him, and then you know he knows the game of Christianity, and he knows that he's he's he, he calls the shot and not the other way around. So Femi Jacobs is widely known these days as a decorated Nigerian leading actor. His his lead role in 2020 to comedy film. The meeting, if you remember, I believe many of you remember that movie, cemented his place amongst Nollywood's better known leading faces. It also earned him his first Pan African accolade as best actor in comedy in the 2015 edition of the prestigious African Magic Viewers' Choice Awards. But just 10 years prior to his film debut, he was also well known as a recording artist, worship leader, and a public speaker. He had been honoring his leadership skills. Um, he has been honing his leadership skills whilst leading and directing various musical groups for about two decades. Femi recently launched Rise Platform to facilitate the dissemination of essential knowledge for the total development of people to enable them make more of themselves and make more available in the world. Uh, and I think that that's fantastic, considering what we are about uh, in the Complete Man Network. From this platform, he has been holding his flagship seminar, Spirituality, Creativity, and Clarity, in Lagos, Abuja, 
with seminars and conferences being planned for other locations across the country and of course across the world. He is a graduate of mass communications from Lagos State University and he holds a private pilot license from South Africa. He's a certified marketing management consultant and a certified life coach. He exemplifies relentless evolution, persuading his audiences to rise up to their higher selves and transform their lives in order to transform their world. He drives his message through his seminars, speaking events, social media engagements, and now through his book titled Rise. It's my honor, you know, and I, I'm, I'm really excited, I'm humbled to be hosting um, <laughs> Mr. Femi Jacobs today. And he's gonna be taking the Compliment Network on keeping faith while staying in business, winning against industry distractions and adversities. Adversities. Mr. Femi, it's so good to have you here. We are grateful that you took out time from your busy schedule to have this class with us, and we're looking forward to the best time of our lives. Thank you so much. Over to you, sir. Thank you for having me, everybody. Um, good evening, and um, I hope you can hear me. Yes, we can hear you and we can see you. Okay, fantastic. Um, the topic is really broad, very broad. And um, so the only way that I can approach this is, is practically. Of course, I'll say some things that are foundational and, um, and, and I will zero in on practicalities because I believe that that's what is missing in the world today people constantly touting you know the platform is now is now ubiquitous it's everywhere so it looks like the platforms have overtaken the message so because i have so many opportunities to share there are a lot of shallow things that are being peddled all over the place that people are talking about what they've not done and um, that is, I think that is a crisis of integrity. Um, God puts us in this world so we can share ideas. When I first became uh, an entertainer, professional entertainer, I struggled with my identity, Christian identity, because here I am. I mean, in some of the conditionings that they've given us concerning entertainment, what happens there, the type of perception we have about the people that work there. And this is not just for entertainment. I mean, uh, we have perception about nurses, we have perception about doctors, we have perception about pilots, we have perceptions about some of these um, other professions that are not necessarily um, good. Most of the assumptions are evil, most of the assumptions are bad, um, but that doesn't stop evil from happening. So when I became a Christian, when I became an actor, it um, it challenged my sense of self a little bit. I was rattled um, for the first couple of years. I, I struggled through that identity crisis, um, but it, it drove me to seek God. And I had no experience, nobody to nobody to look up to, nobody who had um, navigated this, you know, in a particular way, in any successful way that I could. Um, you know, go and study after or, you know, try and, you know, get trained under them or whatever. 
and so that that created a lot more crisis for me. And as at the time I entered into motherhood, I was um, a worship leader in church. I was the I was the worship leader at Fountain of Life Church. Um, I was the head of the music team. I was the head of the worship team. And um, when people started seeing me on TV, you know, it sort of like created a conflict between their image of me as a man of God's presence and then a man of entertainment. Um, so I went to seek God. I really went to seek God. And before then, there had been a couple of issues with, you know, me talking about my faith online. Um, of course, because I became successful quickly in the in the craft the the there was a quick infrastructure built around me there were managers there were handlers stylists and all of the people and image consultants and all of them and um, the preponderance of ideas i was getting was i should be i should tone down my uh, jesus 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 um, whatever that I was just before I came to ever came to Nairobi, I've always been a person who would share my face on Facebook and all of that. So when it was 2012, I started doing that in 2009. And when it was 2012, um, breakthrough came and I became, you know, the leading man, uh, one of the pioneer faces for new cinema. It became a crisis for me. And that pressure was there. But I searched within myself as I was writing those quotes. And I wasn't supposed to not write those quotes. I was not supposed to not write them. I was supposed to keep sharing my faith. You know, all of the things they told me that, you know, you won't get endorsements, people will not see you as a mainstream actor, and all of that, all of that scared me. Scared me a lot. It really scared me. I was, um, I was, I was thinking, would I succeed? Would I be able to succeed? And all of that. So I said, God. And what I'm going to share with you tonight, uh, the body of knowledge that God used to shape my consciousness to make me extremely comfortable now um, in my industry, uh, to make me, to give me modest success and position me as a, as a person that is forward-looking and upwardly mobile. In 2006, because when I began to seek God, and this is one of the things I want us to know is that there's no crisis in our lives that the answer did not arise before the question, uh, before we ever even knew that we had a trouble or a problem or a conundrum or a confusing situation. God has already sent the answer. The answer is always in our lives. In fact, the question Um, 
I wanted to continue my commercial rating, but I didn't have money anymore because I was sponsoring myself. And my business was not really doing very well. So I said, okay, let me go back home. Let me go and get a job. You know, let me go back and take my music seriously, you know, make music, get a job and all of that. And, and then I would come back to fly. Because I really work, I really, you know, have a passion for fly. So I, mean, I still do it today. So the, the, that combination of God directing me to go, because when I entered the plane, I just looked out to the South African Airways window and I heard a voice in my spirit, look very well, you will not be here again until a long time. And I never went back to South Africa until 
through Christ Jesus or in Christ Jesus and have given us the message of reconciliation to which God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. So that means that our lives, our expressions upon this earth are to bring, to push us into ministry of reconciliation. That through our lives, through the things that we do, through our expressions upon this earth, we will reconcile men to God. The word reconciliation is very, 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 very instructive. It is a salvation. Mm-mm. It's a reconcile. The word reconcile means to, it, it involves negotiation. It involves a, a discussion of method. Meaning that in our specific industries, in our specific areas of impact, we will institute ideas, methodologies, and processes that are more in line with God's ways. Reconciling the world. The word can mean the systems of this world, and it can also mean the people inside it. The earth is lost, the fullness thereof. The earth and all that dwell within. All the systems of this world, all of the systems of industry, of education, of entertainment, of culture, of arts, of entertainment, all of that, all of that is part of the systems of this world. So reconciling the world means redesigning those systems, recording those systems, influencing those systems to, 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 uh, to agree with the ways of God, with the principles of the kingdom. We are like the yeast that is put in flour that will work its way all through the dough until the dough becomes exactly in the image of the yeast. We are the kingdom. You have to understand that. So it is, when you ask me this question tonight, it is not merely us inserting God in what we do. It is not merely us just uh, putting a sprinkle of God on our work. It is not merely us just uh, carrying God along. No, no. At the highest level of this module that you opened up tonight, it is God being our work, doing our work as God would do it. Because really, I and my father are one. The work that I do, I don't do it of myself. Whatever I see the father do, that is what I do. So that means that my, <laughs> my work is being done by God. So by the faith of the son of God, I do what he does in my industry. God is not some, someone you try to squeeze in to what you do. Now, he is the one, is the vision through which you see what you do. It's a redefining of all things. A redefining of all things about the business. So if you come into Christ, you bring everything that is yours under the government of Christ. 
not just necessarily by saying, Father, I give you my acting, Father, I give you my accounting, Father, I give you my profession, I give you my brain, my talent. But no, it's not just that. It is seeking the kingdom. Oh Lord, oh Lord. Seeking the kingdom, the kingdom angle to what you do. It's not just about, listen, if you are not approaching this matter from this strategic point of view, you're going to be caught in the argument of should the Christian take bribes, should the Christian take this, should the Christian you know, have these kind of things and compromise this way and that way. The, the conversation is more advanced than that. The conversation is more advanced than that. You have become a kingdom expression on this earth. You are the ambassador of Christ Jesus on this earth. You are the expression of divinity in your sphere of influence. You don't understand. You have authority to funnel kingdom ideas into the midst of the things that you do. In fact, where I am with this entertainment stuff, God has shown me the makeup of men and has shown me how to reach the different segments of a man's soul. Just because I started praying, seeking the kingdom, concerning what I do. Because I cannot, I cannot go to work and be away from the kingdom. Work is like half of my day, maybe more. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just when I step out from my, you know, worship and closet and, and everything, and I sing a hymn and I worship God and confess the word and all of that. Do I now step into out of the kingdom when I step into work? Shouldn't my work be a continuous expression of the devotional part of the kingdom that I did in the morning? Is this now now the executional part of the kingdom? When I've done the devotion, I've worshipped and I've prayed and I've confessed and all of that, and I've interceded for people, I've done all of that stuff. Is 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 this? I'm sorry, just a moment. Uh, is the kingdom not supposed to now be executed by me as I go out into the world to go and do my work? That is the level at which this conversation must exist. Father, I may approve the things which are excellent concerning my work in the kingdom. So show me now. Listen, the reason why people ask this kind of question sometimes and the reason why they have problems with it is fear. What can man do to me? Uh, what will man do if, if I just you know, continue to share my faith or I begin to go call about? What I believe, of course, I rules in the marketplace. You don't just start talking about Jesus in the middle of the boardroom. That's not what we're talking about. I'm believing and talking to mature people, people who are not just people who just want to blah, 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 but people who really have a sincere, genuine desire to express the freedom that they found in Christ Jesus in the work that they do, that that liberty carries over into their work. And, and that is a wonderful, wonderful desire to have that you don't want to stop living the kingdom when you put on your suit and tie, whatever it is that you put on to do whatever it is that you do. I believe that that's what we're talking about here. And that is the level at which this conversation must take place. I must seek the kingdom 
in all that I do. So that's, that's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. He said, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness in all its expressions. Seek that. Make that your pursuit. Study about how to do that, how to express the kingdom in all that you do. And all these things will be added unto you. Now, I want to talk about fear, fear that cuts people from even welcoming the ideas that God has for them concerning the things that they do. I want to speak to that fear. When you begin this conversation with God and you bring all of your profession, all the things you do, you bring it to the cross of Jesus Christ. And you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I am an actor, a born-again actor, a son of God actor, expressing myself in this industry this way. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come here in things that I do so that men may know that I am of you and you are in me. Now, when you begin to pray that kind of prayer, God is not just interested in making you not do the wrong thing. No. Your work is a microcosm, is a micro expression of his total plan for your life. So what will begin to happen is this. The moment you begin to talk to God about what you do, the moment you begin to have a conversation with God, a kingdom conversation about your expression, God will begin to expand your vision concerning what your life is actually about. Because it's when we come into Christ that we are born again. That is when we begin to have an idea about what our destiny is supposed to look like, what our main purpose is supposed to look like. And if the truth be told, you will see that where you are right now is so, so far away from where God wants you to go in terms of the size and the, and the vision, the size of that vision, the, 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 the bigness and the largeness of that dream. You realize that it is, you are the lowest level. You are at the you are at the lowest level of the things, the possibilities that your destiny represents. You would, the first thing that will happen is you will stop defining yourself through the narrow lenses of the profession that you are in. You would start to understand I'm a son of God, expressing myself here. This is not all that I am. So all that fear of what man can do to you in this small aspect of your life, which is not the main aspect, disappears. And which was what happened to me. God began to show me the full vision he had for my life. It was way beyond just, you know, having an appearance in Hollywood. It was way beyond that. It was way beyond all of that. And I began to see that where I am had not even started entering into the fullness of his plan. For me, it is what you are familiar with that you can talk now. I don't want to hinder me now. They say, don't give him rule anymore. You don't understand my destiny. You don't know. My destiny is not about getting rules forever. God's vision is larger than that. God's vision is bigger than that. And when you come into this place where I am, where I'm saying that, you seek the kingdom in what you do, what the kingdom looks like in your Babin salon. What does the kingdom look like? In your finance business, what does the kingdom look like? In your marketing consultancy, what does the business look like? What does the kingdom look like? 
in your acting, in your entertainment industry. When you begin to find this, you find that your vision is enlarged and much bigger than somebody will not give you an endorsement. That you have much 10 million, 15 million. All good hustling is mighty, mightier than that. And this is the this is the root of courage, because you need courage to live your faith. And this consciousness of what God has in stock for you is the root God confidence and your courage in this life. When I say courage, like I said, I'm speaking to mature people. I'm not going to say people just want to be rude and be obnoxious in the workplace. They just want to talk to people anyhow. No, 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 no. Actually, God will give you favor where you work, and they will push you to your next level. So it's, I'm, I'm not talking militancy here. I'm talking about how God works, how he works. You need courage. Because sometimes when somebody remembers you, you are right. Even when somebody is not resisting you, you are hiding. You know? When I began to write my quote on social media and all of that, people were worried for me. One of the people who advised me at that time to stop it, told me in 2018, said, thank you for not listening to me in that time. People were writing her, they were telling her, tell me such a blessing to me. I mean, I was just going through a lot of things. But these are not normally Christians, you know? So I was going through a lot of things, and then when I read his quote, I just went and wrote his quote, because, because this person was part of the people that look after me in my work, and we work together. And they were hearing these things, the wonderful things that were happening as a result of me sharing my faith and sharing encouragement with the world every day. It wasn't fashionable at that time. I'm talking about 2008, 2009. It wasn't fashionable. And there was no entertainment, entertainment I was doing it at that time. Because everybody was looking for endorsements, was looking for you know, somebody to come and endorse them. Now, what is much, in terms of the kingdom, what is much more important? Is it not to touch people's lives, people's souls, lift people up from darkness, thrust them into the light, become a beacon of enlightenment in the world? Is that not bigger than any endorsement I might have? So what happens is when you submit what you do to God, knowing that all things must become new and all things must be of God, as Second Corinthians chapter five seventeen says, then you will know, you will see the bigness of his plans for you. The Holy Ghost will expand you to see that where you are right now is not even close to where God wants to take you. It is that expanded vision that gets established inside you that gives you courage to live, to say no to temporary advantages, to walk away from things that jeopardize the vision that you see because discipline comes from vision. You know, I just spoke in a session at eight o'clock about hope. Hope is, hope comes from character. Character. Character comes from, character comes from hope. Hope comes from character. When you have, when you have, you know, you develop, You're no longer myopic 
you're no longer narrow-minded, so you're no longer making decisions based on what you can get right now. If it comes to throwing somebody under the bus for you to trust them, say, no, I'm not going to throw somebody under the bus because I'm love. Because I need love to be established in fullness of God for where I'm going. So I must not walk out of love. So when someone comes to me and says to me, I've casted you for this role, but I don't know if I should put this person. I already casted her, but do you like her? I'll just tell her that you don't want me. As a leader, so you can decide to make life difficult for other people by counseling them. I said, no, girl, I can't do that. I can't do that. My faith doesn't allow me to do that. You cannot, I will not use my own word to remove bread from somebody's mouth. No way. Casted the person, I will work with the person because I am love. I'm not going to come and say, oh, this person is not in my category. I am love. Now, that courage is coming not from anything else, but from the idea that my life is bigger than this. Where God is taking me is much larger than where I am right now. You may have looked at yourself and said, hey, I'm going to spend 10 years here, I will make manager, and then if I'm going manager, after two years, I'll make senior manager, and after senior manager, um, you're linear. Child of God, you're being linear. <laughs> get into the kingdom and understand that the kingdom is not a linear kingdom. It doesn't work that way. The trajectory of your life is not going to be going one step to another. Then you stay five years on that step because one manual of man says so. Then you now go to another place. Then you take man five years and no, bro. No, sister. It's bigger than that. So it's bigger than that. You have to go and find the expression of the kingdom in what you do so that God can expand your vision and you can have that clear picture inside of you and have strong hope that propels character to come out of you and you have courage to face tomorrow. This is the secret. To, you won't even know that you're necessarily keep in the faith because the faith is your business. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be keeping the faith as if it's something as an addendum. No, the judge shall live by his faith. So where is keeping the faith coming from? <laughs> you have faith. Your life is faith. Your faith is seeing God from, seeing life from God's perspective. So you cannot lose that vision. You don't lose that focus. You continue to define your limits by what God says, not by what your, you know, staff handbook says, not by what the procedures of your HR says, but by what the work says. So <laughs> you continually live. And if you obey God's kingdom, you're not going to cause chaos. No. You're going to make life better for everybody. So if you are living by righteousness and you're trying to go into chaos, you have to understand maybe you're not working in righteousness. Because the fruit of righteousness is peace. It's first of all peace. And nobody resists peace. If you are the type of person who uses the principle of the kingdom at work, people want to work with you because it makes you desirable. If you feel there are work I get because people know I will not collect money from two producers at the same time. It's been established. Femi will not do that. They will not be jumping from set to set. When Femi tells you it's coming at 8 o'clock, it will be the other clock. Okay? And so it does not give problem at work. 
that you don't know your work and you don't want to work in excellence, then yeah, you will have problems. But that I will come on your set and cause problems and begin to give you issues, no way. Because love doesn't behave that way. And that virtue is not designed for this your kingdom, for this your little project that you're doing. It is my philosophy for living. It is, it is based, it's developed based on the vision of what God says my life represents. And it is on that basis that this courage to express myself comes from. Otherwise, you're going to be tactical. You're going to be second guessing yourself. Should I do this? Should I not do that? Should I do this? And that's not what God wants you to do. You need to be strategic and understand the will of God. I believe I should stop here. And uh, we can take questions in practical ways. How I believe I shared from my experience enough actually how I handle this thing. For instance, uh, God's idea of what my life is feeds into my sense of self, my identity as a person. There are some things, whether it's entertainment or not, I don't want to be expressed through my vision, to my virtue, my vessel. It's just not, no, no. I don't want those things expressed through my vessel. I don't, I don't think that they're for me based on what I believe God says my life is representing, not just my acting, my life. So it's not just something we put on because we want to, we want to impress somebody at work. No, it is who we are. This identity is settled in us. And so I just believe that this particular type of role, things I do in the occultic and all of that, they're not going to find expression in my body, whether we're acting or we're not acting. So when I see it in escape, no matter how impressive, no matter how many awards it's going to win, no matter what, I don't, I'm not interested. I'm not interested because it just does not fit into my sense. There are many professions in which things are not that clear cut, but the kingdom of God will work in you and give you wisdom on the woman. Uh, if you if you if you have an issue, you go to God in prayer. You say, God, I'm challenged by this. I want to do your will. Your kingdom is what I represent. This is the this is the virtue I want to express in me. This thing gives me conflict. He will tell you what to do. He'll tell you what to do, and you'll do it. And it won't it won't be it won't be it won't be chaotic. You will know this is God. Whatever you lose or gain, God is ready to reward you because the kingdom is a reward system by itself. We're not supposed to live by salary. The Bible says God provides for us. So we're not supposed to, you know, have economic considerations when we obey God. We're supposed to just do what it says. But it is not based on nothingness. It is based on your understanding of this vision that God has for your life. Is it established in you? Do you know what your tomorrow looks like? If not, you need to pray more in the Holy Ghost and dream with the word that God gives you. Open yourself up to receive this picture. Once it's established inside of you, 
Horvitz. Thank you very much. Wow, thank you so, so much, Mr. Femi. Thank you. Um, you shared very deep words. You know, these are words that um, um, make you, um, you know, review your foundations as a Christian. And um, um, we're really honored to have had this class with you. Um, in the course of um, preparing for the class, um, we had some questions that had already come in. So um, scrolling through the questions, um, quite a number of them have been answered just by you having the class already. But I'm just going to pick out a few that um, you might want to expand on. Um, okay. So the first one said, what can a Christian do if um, they are working under a corrupted system with seemingly right outcomes? And they are at the top. They are not at the top of the organization or amongst those who, um, you know, propagate, um, propagate the evil in such system. What can a Christian do if you work in a system that is corrupt? Okay, there are. There is not going to be a perfect system for any Christian to work in. It's not going to be a perfect system at all. Um, these things are going to work on a day-to-day -day basis, on a practical wisdom, active involvement of the Holy Spirit kind of basis for what it is that we do. Now, uh, um, I have a friend that works in the civil service. He knows all of the corruption is there. He can see He knows, right? And he knows that it is not his job to confront them, but it is his job not to participate in it. So when they bring a file to your table, you are supposed to add something to that file before you pass it on. Um, you pass it on. And the person that collected it from you has seen what you have, what you put there, and they pass it on. And when it is done, the office of the permanent secretary will distribute to all the people that are involved in the process what their own share of that money is at the end of the day. We've been working there for about 12 years now. And you know, it was transferred from another ministry. As a matter of fact, I came from abroad and you know, was uh, put there. It's fairly middle management, as he says. You know, and he doesn't add anything to it, but does he knows? He knows that people are adding stuff. He doesn't add. He passes it on to the next person, and the next person does what they need to do. They don't bother him. They don't confront him. He doesn't share from that money. He keeps his mouth shut. Now, is that right or wrong? I don't know. But sometimes God keeps you in a place for a transition because he's taking you to another place. He doesn't want to keep you in the midst of evil for too long, because if he keeps you in the midst of evil, he will corrupt you. So he's moving you somewhere else, but sometimes that plan requires some patience for you to wait until it moves you. There are other things that are more dangerous than that. I mean, if something is taking other people's lives, if something is defrauding other people and throwing them into jeopardy, 
the people are dying. I mean, the, the, let's say you are a medical you are a surgeon, for instance, and then you're part of organ harvesting scheme. You've got to get out of bed. That's evil. You just get out. Just get out. Just get out. Because <laughs> uh, why, what are you still doing there? Uh, obviously, that is not a place for you to stay. All right. But if you are part of a system, and I want you to see the difference, if you're part of a system, there's corruption here and there and all of that, but you just keep yourself away from that corruption. Do what is right. Keep yourself away from it. If I know the specific nature of the scheme that people are doing and, and all of that, I can specifically advise. But if, if you are just part of the system, there's no system that you are part of, there's no corruption. And I'm an actor, people have shared money and all that. And what I do is that when they come to me and they give me money, some people produce for other people. So, um, they collect money from that person. They say, oh, send me that for 2.5 million. And at the end of the day, what we agreed to is 1.5 million. So they give me 1.5 million, but they lie to the person that they gave me 2.5 million. As long as they don't bring any paper to me to sign, to agree that I collected 2.5 million, that's fine. That's fine. Well, I don't know. Okay. I've collected my money and the proof is there that that's how much they paid me. If anybody calls me and asks me, how much were you paid? I will tell them I was paid 1.5 million. You know? But I'm not going to go around the casting that and all that. The person's life is there, making their own mistakes. You know? When I was working in the bank, there were issues where um, I was just under here. I was channel manager and all of that. And some people will call vendors, they will have arranged stuff with the vendors behind, you know, and all of that. And my own job is this. Look at sample, hmm? examine that sample, get it approved. That's the sample I want. If you say go with this vendor, as long as that vendor can deliver that quality, that sample, I will not sign it off as being good when it's not good. I will not lie. I will sign it off as defective and needs to be redone. So you need to go and adjust your relationship with that vendor. If you've been collecting bribes from them, that's your business. But my own job is to certify this thing as good. If it's good, I say it is good. I pass it on for payment. And that payment is made. How you people share that money is your business. It's your big business, not my own. Because we cannot stay, we cannot decide and say through the rank and file of where we work. There must be, we're not the one responsible for that whole office. But it is our job to keep praying for that place, to keep interceding for that place, to keep praying that it will be a, a beacon of equity and justice and that the place will prosper. Do you understand? We are served of our life, we contribute. But, you're not supposed to work out of your bulb, go to another person's office and go and enter into their bulb. That's not your that's not your business. Okay, you're not going to be able to clean the whole system, but you can be an example where you are without necessarily being uh, cancerous and, and 
so and and you know can find those and troublesome. But if I know the specific nature of that place, then you are not supposed to be in the armor of it. You're not supposed to be in the power nice skin. If you work for a land, you could have sell land and you're part of those that like to people to collect money from them and you know that people are not going to get land. No, get out of there. Believe God for their work, better job. Don't that is you are directly involved in that evil. You're not supposed to be directly involved in evil. No, brother and sister, that is not. Um, but if you work in a system, and you work in private house cooper, they've been involved in corruption all over the world. Really, but the owners resign from there because they committed fraud with when they accounts in Malaysia but as you grow your power begins to grow so your salt and your light begin to affect more people begin to get into better rooms bigger rooms and sometimes you need to put your foot down and say at this level this is what I believe I'm sorry I can't go this way so by that time you have grown in faith grown in your social equity, grown in power, you know. I, I always tell my, my friends, I'm afraid that, you know, God told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, and I said, don't worry, God won't ask you what they have not equipped you to respond positively to. He will not, he will not, he will not give you a temptation much more than you can bear. God is not like that, you know. Uh, don't worry about that, God's going to ask you something you can't do, no. When it's time to walk away from that job, he will show you clearly that's the time to walk away from it. You will know deep within yourself that it is the right thing to do. And you will see your next level right in front of you. It's going to be easy. It's not going to be something that will tear you away, throw you into a beast of sorrow and pain. No. No. God's bigger and better than that. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Femi. Um, this other question, um, I remember when you started, you talked about um, having to face the issue of identity in your industry when you started. Um, so I'm not sure if that it was the biggest challenge you faced because this question says, what was your biggest challenge, you know, starting out in the industry and through your journey in the industry and how were you, have you been able to overcome whatever those challenges were and still, you know, succeed, especially being a Christian in business. So, but we can skip it if that was the challenge. No, no, no. My biggest challenge was how to be profitable and sustainable as an artist. It was the biggest challenge concerning the industry. Um, of identity was a personal struggle. But the issue of poverty in the industry was very worrisome to me. Um, and um, I learned to seek God. That's why I got that phrase from making more available. Um, God explained to me that that's why you are here. You are here to make more, make the most of yourself, and then make more available in your industry. So I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you ideas that will expand the, the baseline of opportunities in your industry. And you'll be able to be a blessing to people in your industry. I, I believe God. 
And so when I went back to that promise that he gave me in 2006, uh, I would bless you with abundance and peace of favor. Your name will be famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing. Thank you so much, sir. It's, it's a minute to 10. So I don't know if you still want to spend some time with us. You know, we had said 9 to 10. So I don't know what your schedule is, but we still have a few questions. Let's take um, maybe a few questions. Let's take two, two more questions. Two more questions. Okay. Thank you so much, sir. No problem. Um, so um, for, for the Femi Jacobs company, are you open for internship? And then do you have a mentoring program for young men who may be interested in mentorship? We are setting up the, um, the, the capacity building aspect of the business. Uh, I don't want to be the only one to do it. Um, so towards the latter end of this year, we're going to set up the capacity building aspect of the business. For um, internship, I usually, my next project is going to be a similar project. And um, we are going to, it's going to be large. We're going to fairly larger than the first one I shot with in December last year. I just shot a thing with a few cars um, last year. So, the, there will be opportunity for internship on that set. Um, but the process will be stringent because I believe in paying the interns. I don't believe in just using interns and not paying. Uh, um, I believe in paying the interns. So that means that I'm going to pick the interns that I believe can add value to what I do, to what I want to do. So because they're going to get paid for coming, but I'm going to have one of the people who have never been on a set before. Or want to uh, see what it means to be on the set. Um, I'm passionate about that. Um, so that will come in my next project. But also capacity building aspect of it, which is what people call mentorship. Um, we need to have a fellowship, a, a group of practitioners who believe the same thing and, and are working together. So that's the community I'm trying to in fact, we started designing the website and all of that. So, hopefully, in the next eight weeks or so, we'll be able to announce both my next project and that internship opportunity and that uh, capacity building uh, part of uh, my project. 
okay, so is it open to both male and female? Okay, so then the final question. Um, so um, I'm a young man and I discovered that I have different um, interests, different um, passion, you know, different talents. How do I know which is my purpose? How do I know which to focus on? I don't think you should worry yourself about um, all of these things. Two things you should worry yourself about is what am I interested? What am I most interested or most positioned to doing right now? What am I most interested in doing? And what am I most most best 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 positioned to do? Because there's all there's there's what you want to do. There's there's what is open for you to do. So uh, I was pursuing playing instruments and all of that. The position that was open to do at that time was to be a worship leader in the church that I was in. So I became a worship leader. That was what was open for me at that time. This was like 25 years ago. And that was the beginning of of, of exchanging value with my world, opening a conversation of value with my world. And that became the starting point at that time. Um, the gift of writing was there at that time. The gift of uh, acting was there at that time. The gift of marketing was somewhere inside me at that time. You know, I knew that I was an only cool kind of person. I could do this and do that, do this and do that. But there was only one opportunity open for me. I followed that, that one. And no worrying about purpose and all these things. These things eventually, they, they emerge they emerge, you know, in your life. They're not things that you know ab initio. There are things that you discover in the process of fellowshipping with God, of praying, of being hopeful, of adding value to people's lives and all of that. So you have to follow first what you are most passionate to do and what you are best positioned to do. If they're the same thing, lucky you. Two, you have to pay attention to the demand that your environment is placing on you, which is almost like what you are best positioned to do, but pay attention to the demand that your environment is placing on you, on you. the demand that your friends are placing on you, the demand that your um, little church group or whatever it is you belong to, the demand they're placing on you, pay attention to it. They ask you to pray. You're the one they're always asking to encourage their people. You're the ones they're always asking to visit somebody. You're the one they're always asking to write something for them. You're the one they're always asking to shop for the group. You're the one they're always asking to organize events. You're the one they're always asking. There will be something that your environment always places demands on you for. Pay attention to those things. So those two things, what you're most passionate to do and what you're most or best positioned to do, do that. Whatsoever the hand findeth to do. It didn't say whatsoever your mind feels like doing was whoever your hand finds to do do that keep doing that to add value to people's lives second pay attention to the demand that your environment is placing on you i mean this is i'm doing this in my second zoom session today it's a demand that my environment is placing on me i have to pay attention to even though right now speaking is not my main work but i'm paying attention 
to what my environment keeps demanding of me. You know, um, speak to us. Come and help us encourage people here. Come and teach us this thing here. Come and do this here. And I don't put myself out. I don't say, oh, by hire me. I'm a speaker. I'm a this. No, but this is the environment placing a demand on me. I have to pay attention to that. I have to pray about it. I have to be more deliberate about it. I have to keep to time. I have to exercise discipline. I have to do it excellently well. I have to not be half-hearted about it because it can be an indication to my purpose in this life. But I don't worry about the purpose so much. People will define the purpose eventually. They will say, you are like water. You are just like Peter said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. You know, soon your environment will start to call you by the, by the name of your purpose. You don't need to worry yourself about that. Just pay attention to what you're passionate about doing. Pay attention to what you are best positioned to do. And two, pay attention to the demand your environment is making on you. Very important, very, very important. People can see things in you that you can't see in yourself. Wow, thank you so, so much, Mr. Femi. In your final words, um, you know, um, when I send you the demographics for the men in the network. Um, I said that they are mostly between the ages of 18 and 40. So there's a quite a number of young people, young men who are um, intentional, you know, just um, having a class like this, it tells you um, the kind of people who are here. They're intentional about their success, about their purpose in life. Um, what will be your final words to them, your final takeout tonight? My final word to you is do not be afraid of your imagination. It's God's gift to you. Pay attention to those pictures inside of you and grow. Just, just focus on those pictures. They are, your, they are in your future. See, don't worry about, don't be linear in your thinking. Don't worry about the how. The kingdom of God is as if a man should cast a seed into the ground and goes straight away. Eating and sleeping and waking, and he does not know how. But soon the harvest comes, boom, he puts the sickle in and he enjoys it. Don't worry about how. The God element in you will figure out the how. You just need to open up your heart to dream big. It's free. Lay in your bed, worship God, and then begin to thank him for the things you are seeing in your imagination. Thank him as, that, as things that have been done. Praise him. And watch how your life will begin to take a new turn. The imagination is my message for you. Don't take it for granted. I love you. God bless you. And enrich your journey. May he establish you in what you do. And uh, give you peace. Amen. 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 Thank you so, so much, Mr. Fermi. Thank you for being um, an example um, of um, a successful Christian in business and uncompromising one. Thank you for loving Jesus the way you do. Thank you for upholding the values of the gospel and being an example that many others can see, you know, we've all been inspired by your life and blessed by your light. And um, that's why we've had you um, take us this class. And um, 
I can assure you that the seeds that you've sown today, um, they would certainly produce the results of what they talk about. A um, few years down the line, you know, many people who have been here today would be able to say, because I was in this class, um, I'm who I am today. I have done this, I've done that. We are extremely and deeply grateful. Thank you so much for honoring us. Thank Amen. you. Amen. Thank you so much. You've been amazing. But, well, Thank you, sir. I'm going to unmute um, the brothers so that they could say thank you themselves. Guys, you need to unmute.